following is a GNC podcast production. Everybody and welcome back to Geek Addicts, the show that I still don't know how to start the episodes with. Um, this is once again Bill, and this is Matt. How you doing, Matt? I feel fine. I don't. I have a cold again. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, how has your week been, though? Otherwise, it's been all right. Uh, work's been crazy. They're starting to cut hours again, which really sucks before Christmas. But yeah, yeah, making it work. No, we've we've been pretty busy because we're always busy. But, yeah. Um, Aside from uh, that, though, I, I rewatched the the Scott Pilgrim movie, and uh, I I rewatched um, the first season of Seven Deadly Sins. I'm gonna start catching up with that because I haven't watched it since it first came out. So nice. now that now is like five seasons. So I'm like, all right, it's a good time to catch up. <laughs> yeah, I've been alternating between. Um, so I've been watching Veroni Kenshin still. Uh, I just mm-hmm. got to just got to the Kyoto arc uh, right nice. at this part. Right when Kenshin leaves and Karu cries a lot. Karu cries yeah. a lot in this anime, I noticed. Yeah, I, I I warned you that she gets a little annoying with that. Yeah. She's um, definitely one of the least likable characters for that reason. But Yeah, I did order the OVAs as well, so those oh, hopefully good. will be coming in. Unfortunately, the one I'm least interested in is the one that came first, so I was like, great. Which one? Which uh, reflect. That? reflections oh yeah that's actually that's the only little bit of like semi coverage for that final arc that i've mentioned yeah isn't like it? it's like considered not even canon right because it just changes a bunch of shit for no reason yeah it's not canon like uh, i'll just tell you a couple of things because it's it's stupid anyway but like it, it's like the far future and it shows like uh kenshin's kid and he's training with kenshin's old master and Yahiko ended up with the reverse blade sword, but like Kenshin has like this, um, he, he like developed like dementia pretty much. And, but he's, he and Sonosuke are at war or something. And, but it's not dementia. It's like, I don't know, maybe it's syphilis. I don't fucking know because Kaoru like bangs him and then catches it. And that's like a whole thing. It, it's really stupid. But it shows like little bits. It shows like little animated scenes of like stuff that's happened, and then it shows little bits of like um of that arc that they never animated. So that's like the only. That's pretty much how I know anything about that final arc is from that OVA. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, it's I, it's really weird. All I read about it was people didn't like it because like Kenshin's son is like a dick for no reason, but. Yeah, he like hates his dad. It's like what he's got like Boruto syndrome. Like every fucking anime kid, it seems yeah. like. That's what. Anytime that's one of the. Uh, anytime a main character has a kid, the kid always ends up hating it, hating him. See, see, that's like the one refreshing thing about Yashihime. They just didn't know who their parents were. Yeah, that's definitely a plus side when you look at all these other ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, though, I've been playing uh, uh, the Mario and Luigi uh, RPG remake. It's good. Oh, nice. Cool. I've been meaning to pick that up at some point. I just, you know, at Christmas and everything, I kind of mm-hmm. have to 
pinch my pennies where I can, but yeah, I will end up getting it probably once, uh, probably right after Christmas when all those uh, digital deals are going on. No, it's it's worth it. It's like the most like one to one remake I think I've played in a long time. That's pretty cool. I've pretty much been exclusively playing um, uh, Scott Pilgrim this week, the the game to prepare. Yeah. Uh, if people didn't notice, our topic for this episode is Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, yeah I guess I'd like to jump into it. Um, what what was was your first introduction to Scott Pilgrim when I gave you the books? Or no, I actually I saw the movie. It was uh, it was a few years after it came out. I think it was like 2013 or so that I saw it. I only remember because it was like during this six month period when I was rooming with a couple buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, that I watched it for the first time, and I remember really liking it, and then. I've seen it a bunch of times since then. Um, and then I think I played the game with you um, oh, before, before you loaned me the comics. So I think the comics were like the most recent thing, aside from the new show that I've touched on. At some point, I'd like to get them again, um, get them myself, because I'd like to read them again. Yeah. The, so I remember like, when the movie was coming out, like there was ads for it, like all over the place. Cause like they were hyping this movie up, which is kind of sad considering nobody went to go see it. Yeah. Um, like most Edgar Wright films. <laughs> um, I didn't even know it existed until I, uh, my roommate just happened to put it on that day. I saw the trailers all the time, but it was like one of those movies. So this was, it came out. Should have done some research before we started recording. I'm that's 2010. 2010. Yeah, yeah, so this came out 2010. I didn't have a license or income, so I had no way of going to go see it at the time. Yeah. Uh, this, despite it looking pretty interesting, I remember Comedy Central would run like trailers for it like nonstop. Um, that seems up Comedy Central's alley. Yeah, it was like in between South Park episodes, it would be like Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And it'd be like, okay. And I didn't even realize it was um, based off of a comic series. Um, I just thought it was just another film that was coming out that looked vaguely interesting. And I don't think I ended up seeing the film until like 2016 when I got it, the Blu-ray release. Oh yeah. But I will say it is a good movie, even though it is very different from the source material in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, especially like character wise, but I I'd say overall they did a like, after I read the comics, I was like really impressed with how much the, the movie touched on. Well, the, the thing about the movie is it was being made while the comics like, were still being made. They did written. a pretty good job trying to. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. Um, so it was, I think it was around like when book four was. They were only up to like book four, or I believe when uh, the movie began production. Oh, okay. And during that, that's why like a lot of. Um, things kind of uh the it, it, it's pretty faithful up until around like the midpoint then it kind of like branches off a little bit into different ways mm. um that's actually one of the reasons why uh the main antagonist of the series uh, gideon looks the way he does because he was actually based off of his actor in a lot of ways huh that's interesting yeah it was an interesting thing i read because like because i guess uh, brian Lee O'Malley, the uh, author and artist for the um series was like heavily involved uh, during uh why my siri just came on that's weird um (laughs) he was like heavily involved during the um production of the film he's generally from what i've read he's been pretty involved with every aspect of uh, the series like through all of its media which is pretty cool 
Yeah, for sure. It's always good when the original creator is involved with stuff like that. Mm. But but any, um, anyways, uh, oh, go on. Uh, I think we're lagging a little bit. Uh, I think we are a little, like, slightly. Yeah. Yeah, we'll work it out. Um, okay. So you said you didn't see it until, like, 2016? Yeah, I didn't see the film until after I read the books. Okay, I didn't even know. I don't even think I knew there was comics until you told me. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I noticed there was, like, two subsets of fans of Scott Pilgrim. There was the fans that read the books exclusively, and then there was the fans that saw only saw the movie. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit of a uh, an interesting... Uh, it was an interesting shift when you'd go from one medium to the other. Because uh, I read the bu- books, and then actually... I played the game first, believe it or not. Now that I think about really? it. Really? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, because like everyone was hyping the game up as like this like really awesome beat em up. And I remember uh it was on sale on PSN back in the day for like five bucks at one point. And I was like, sure, why not? And I played it and I was like, this is really good. And then it got me interested in picking up the graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Um and there was only six of them, uh, which was very easy to collect for at the time. Yeah. And I ended up binging all six of them within like a month because I kind of, I picked them up uh, sporadically like I got the first three and then I got the uh, other three uh, later on mm-hmm. and I remember just like falling in love with the series like it is such a meta like so many references to like geek culture and like nerd culture from like the mid 2000s like late 90s oh yeah it's so it's so bizarre too like there's there's so much going on like especially with um with the movie i'm 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 much more familiar with the movie than the comic cuz mm. i only went through those the one time when you loaned them to me but um but yeah it's just going off of the movie at least like it it was a, a very bizarrely made movie with the transitions and the way that like the scenes would just shift from one another like mid conversation mid sentence like it was mm. really cool though it was a really interesting way of making a movie it's cool too because like the comics also have that weird kind of like shifts like where they like go from one thing and then all of a sudden just like shift to another thing mm-hmm. a lot of kind of like uh kind of like blanket or miss it stuff like too will happen where um you really have to pay attention to like context clues in the background before you can like really understand like what's good like because the plot of this series is very confusing yeah at first um it makes sense later on sort of it's all yeah. it's all it's all relative really in the end um i guess the best way to describe it, it describe the series is essentially it follows the story of the, the the series protagonist scott pilgrim and he is your average adult living in toronto uh in a band and mm-hmm. he meets ramona flowers who he immediately falls head over heels for despite being in a relationship with a 17 year old enough on that later um and basically yeah um he try immediately wants to date her but she basically reveals if you want to the only way you can the only way to get a date with her is you have to defeat her seven evil ex-boyfriends and literally the entire plot of the series is essentially going from book to book where he faces off against all the evil boyfriends and they're all all the reasonings for like why they uh why her Ramona broke up with them. They get pettier and pettier as they go on. Oh yeah, for sure. 
like my favorite is like the twins where like she just dated both of them at the same time and like cheated on them with each other it was great yeah well like it's funny like in the i mean i don't i mean i remember bits and pieces from the comics just because i only want it was it's been two years or so since i read them and, and it's like you said it's only a six volume series so like you know there's a, and there's a lot packed into those six volumes mm. like they are there's there's so many different storylines and so many different like little little bits of information that get spewed throughout like it's it's hard to remember a lot if you've only read it the one time yeah it's it's written the way it's written is actually pretty interesting because it's very manga styled compared to traditional american comics oh, extremely like other than like you read it normal you read it the normal way not the manga way you have to, uh left to right i think yeah yeah and it like it's super it was super jarring for me because it's so manga styled reading left to right was so weird <laughs> yeah you, you have to like get used to it and like once you do it's perfectly like i'm at a point now reading like because i switch between comics and manga all the time mm-hmm. i'm at that point now where i can easily just kind of like trick my brain into remembering which way you're supposed to go yeah Excuse me. I don't know. For me, it's kind of like uh, switching between an Xbox controller and a Nintendo controller. It's like, all right, the A and the B are different. The X and the Y are different. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, I think it's just because I, I read so many American comics before I got into manga that I kind of just like I've just adapted to it, I guess. Yeah, I would have I would have liked to get into American comics, but it's it's just so hard to especially when you're older. It's hard to find. I say that like I'm old, 29. <laughs> Um, but it, it's it's hard trying to find a place to start and like knowing really what what you're doing with American comics. But that's part of the reason why I like Scott Pilgrim because it's just a very straightforward like the six volumes. Here's the beginning. Here's the end. Go. You know, it's the same kind of deal as the way manga is set up. Yeah, and I love like the little meta in jokes like within like the series too. Like one of the running jokes is uh there. So all the there there's a running theme in the series where like there's a bunch of bands and like music references. And um, all the bands have like the funniest mm-hmm. names. Like Scott's band is like called Sex Babom, which is, I'm pretty sure, a reference to the band the Sex Pistols, but also Babom, you know, Mario as like a joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, which which is funny to me. And then like you also get like one of the uh, other rival bands is uh, the Clash of Demon Head, which is a a reference to like an NES game <laughs> from like way back in the day. There's a lot yeah. of video game references throughout. I think so. I think Scott's original band back in like high school that we find out about was called like Sonic and Knuckles. Um, hmm. He was in a band called Kid Chameleon at one point. Mm-hmm. Just a whole bunch of goopy stuff like that. And I like forgotten my, that he was in other bands. Yeah, like there's a lot of the backstory stuff before Sex Bomb, and uh, my favorite part too is the whole joke that Scott kind of sucks <laughs> at um, a yeah. phase. Like yeah, because wasn't it a, wasn't it a thing that like by the end of the comics they just replaced him with Young Neil? Uh, that was in the movie. In uh, the comics, Sex Bomb breaks up after one really bad gig, and Scott breaks his base in half. Um, and then uh, Stephen Stills, which is also a music reference <laughs> to an actual artist, oh. uh, he just joins another band and doesn't let Scott in because Scott sucks because i think steven stills was the only one with actual talent also um i know yeah he was the talent the talent as they call it they 
They specifically say that when he's introduced. <laughs> um, so I, I know we're not going to be touching too much on the new show just because you haven't seen it yet. But um, I think I think it's kind of weird that neither the movie nor the new show touched on the fact that Steven Stills comes out as gay at the end. Um. Yeah, they don't. Well, the movie I know gets away with that because it was written before that reveal. Because that reveal is very late in the comics. It's like literally like right at the end. It's just like, yeah, I, I realized it like halfway through this, but you know, you were kind of doing a lot of stuff, so I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> like, well, the whole joke is that his ex girlfriend Julie was such a bitch that she made him gay. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, I think that's the implication that it's supposed to give off. The whole series is like very like surprisingly progressive with like the amount of different characters that are in there like the best character in the sh- in one of the best characters is uh scott's roommate Wall- wallace who is just like the uh, most camp character ever but that's like kind of his gimmick he's the best character in the movie in my opinion <laughs> yeah he's great like, he just completely dumps on scott all the For time real. like, like i like it I like him in the new show and in the comics, but it just something about him, like as uh, Kieran Culkin, it, like live action in that role is just so perfect. Yeah, one of my favorite moments in the comic is like when like Scott first takes Ramona to um, his uh, apartment he shares with Wallace, um, and she's like amazed that it's actually clean and not a disaster zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, she meets Wallace, and Wallace's response is just, "You're way too good for him." because there's also a lot of people forget like well they don't forget because it's pretty iconic but at the start of the series scott is dating a 17 year old high school student named knives chow Mm -hmm. and everyone like gives him shit for it because scott's like 23 i think i think so yeah and one of my favorite reveals at the end of the series is when uh Scott finds out that Knives apparently had just turned 17 around that point, and it just cuts to an image of Scott with, like, the caption, really sketchy 23-year-old. <laughs> and it's like, because that's one of my favorite things about Scott is that he's not really a good character. He's kind of a piece of shit, like, in reality. Yeah, for real. Like, none of the characters in this series are really good people, to be honest. Like, all of them are inc- incredibly flawed. Yeah, and like, honestly, like, I mean, she's she's cool in in the comics and in the new show, but like, I don't know, Ramona just didn't seem likable in the movie to me. Yeah, she didn't really get a lot of um, development in the movie. She kind of was mostly in the background, which is kind of unfortunate. It was kind of the same with Kim. Yeah, Kim is the best character, one of the best characters in the comics, because I love Kim's whole just doesn't give a shit about anything attitude. Yeah. He just but, likes to play drums. That's about it. Yeah. And then, like, they, like, kind of barely skim over the whole, like, the fact that her and Scott dated earlier on. Like, there was a whole other story that, like, went along with that of the comics, and they just barely, barely touch on it. Yeah, that, that's actually a really funny kind of parallel to Ramona is the fact that Scott has his own collection of kind of ex-girlfriends as well. Yeah. Which is pretty amusing that it, the whole joke is that he's not great at relationships at all no apparently they neither of them are <laughs> no and <laughs> excuse me uh it's funny because like the series originally was um traditional like black and white like uh graphic novel mm-hmm. manga style uh they did later re-release it in color later on which is the uh 
the definitive like way to read the books now. Is that like the hardcover box set? Yeah, the hardcover um, books are all in color, which is nice. Although they um they do kind of ruin. There's a running gag in the series where Ramona like always changes her hair color for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the books, there's a panel where they make a joke asking if that's her natural hair color. Uh, which the whole joke is supposed to be like the pun on the fact that it's in black and white, so you can't tell. <laughs> in the color version, they had to write an annotation basically saying, this joke doesn't make any sense anymore because of the color format, sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, which is really clever. Uh, going back to the game really quick, I wanted to bring up um, the soundtrack for that game is like way better than it has any right to be. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, they got um, the chiptune pop punk band Animonoguchi to do like the soundtrack. And for those who don't know, Animonoguchi is a band that literally uses like hacked NESs and like Game Boys to like make their music sound effects. And that's, that's how they get that epic video game sound. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they actually have original albums too, and they're like all like bops. When did the game come out? Uh, so the game originally came out, I want to say, 2011, because it was kind of a tie-in to the uh, the film, in a sense, even though it they don't really follow the same plots, because the game is arguably the most faithful medium to the comics in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Because uh, the game is essentially... The game is basically a modern interpretation of the game River City Ransom. Okay. Um, and it follows a lot of those same stylistic tropes, because... Uh, you, it's like a, a beat em up where you have to level up and gain experience to like get like better stats and you can like yeah. get like items and stuff. And it's it's a cool feature, although I will admit the game is brutally hard and not very fun to start unless you're like maxed out or if you're playing with somebody else, even with somebody <laughs> else, it's still pretty brutal. Like, um, like a shout out to uh, to Ben from uh, the play along podcast, me and him did a um an episode of uh, get wrecked over for their show. And one of the, my suggestion was uh, the Scott Pilgrim game. And I remember he had a hell of a time, like even like playing with like his uh, partner uh, just cause it was so brutally hard. I had to, I taught him the, uh, the, the infinite money glitch or not glitch, uh, the, the infinite money code, just so he could like max out his stats and basically like make the game. Yeah. Variable. Well, that uh, that's the thing is like how I said that I've been playing the game all week. I've really just been playing the same like two levels over and over again, just trying because I, I started over uh, playing as Kim from level one on mm. um, medium level, and like I I really just needed to ma- like, I was pretty much just trying to get the money to pay off Scott's late fees so I could get yep. some extra lives because there was no way I was going to get through the game without extra lives, and like I, I maxed her out in the process, so she's just automatically max level, and I'm only on like the third level. Yeah, it, once you're maxed, though, the game is a piece of cake. Like, it's so easy to just blast through. Yeah, but I was um, uh, I was playing with my my stepson earlier in the week, and like, we just did, like, a couple levels together, and he, like, instantly loved the game. And uh, I saw that, like, there was still a bunch of Black Friday deals and stuff going on. It was on sale for five bucks, so he ended up mm. getting it on his Switch. Oh, it's... Th- that game is so well-received that, like... So, like, it infamously was actually delisted for, like a long time because it like it disappeared from like the PSN and Xbox live stores and like you could not download it anymore for like a long time like basically the only way to play it is if you happen to have it still on your PS3 or <coughs> excuse me a 360 mm-hmm. and it was like a long legal battle because I guess Ubisoft lost the rights to uh 
the license and they yeah. couldn't like work out a deal despite like Brian Lee O'Malley trying to do everything he could to get the game back out there. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, like with a couple of years ago, we finally got the game uh, back on uh, pretty much every platform and it got a physical edition, which is really nice because that basically guarantees it'll be around forever now. Oh, I didn't know there was a physical version. I would have gotten that. Uh, it was a limited run, so it's not the easiest thing to find, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's not. It doesn't take up a whole lot of space anyway, so it's not that big. No, I. Uh, so I, when I saw they were doing it, I don't really get limited run games usually, but when I saw they were doing that one, I had to have it just because I love that <laughs> game and I didn't want it to be lost forever again. The collector in you just couldn't resist. Mm. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, one thing about that game I love though is how much attention to detail it has, like with like the source material. Oh yeah, like there's so many little things throughout. Like one of my favorites is um the third boss, which is a uh, Todd Ingram. He's the the third evil X, and he's the uh, the vegan, the the quote unquote vegan. Um, <laughs> he um and he's also the uh, the the boyfriend of Scott's ex. Uh, yeah, I can't Envy. remember her name. Envy, yeah, Envy Adams. Yeah. Um, and the whole joke is that he actually can play bass and he's actually competent, but he's just a massive dick because I don't know. Um, yeah. But he's a vegan, and in the Scott Pilgrim universe, vegans have superpowers. Yeah, which is just hilarious. I love the vegan police. I don't know. If uh, that was, just the, was that just the movie or was that the comic too? No, that's, that's everything. Uh, because he cheated on his vegan diet and had gelato, which has eggs in it. Yeah. <laughs> And it, um, and a play, the the plate of chicken parm is like, chicken is a vegan. <laughs> yeah, I love it. it's just it's just complete like what <laughs> like what do you mean? Um, this is too funny. But like my favorite part about the boss fight in the uh, the game is it is a it's an Akira reference, which is really funny to me for whatever reason. Is it? Yeah, when is it, he does like the arm cannon like vegetable gun thing? That's like a reference to like the the scene where Tets, Tetsuo transforms into the lob monster at the end of uh akira oh no shit uh but also when when you finish that fight you get an extra life which is a reference to the comics where scott gets an extra life arbitrarily after that Mm -hmm. fight and it actually counts as an extra life in game which is pretty fun Uh, that's pretty cool uh there's stuff like that um i enjoyed everything about the game um honestly um i think it I think the game actually, I think, helped popularize the series in a lot of ways. I can see that. I mean, it's, um, I mean, I don't know what the the normal retail price for it is, but I mean, altogether, it's a pretty cheap game. It's it's competent. It's smooth. It's got a good soundtrack. It's it's got a lot of replayability with the extra characters and the different levels. And it, oh yeah, it's, and plus, it's solid. It's solid all around. Plus, it has like online modes you can play, like all sorts of different, uh, all sorts of characters. Different. Uh, there's like an endless zombie horde mode. Which... I haven't even messed with any of that stuff. I've only been playing like the base game stuff. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize that Scott Pilgrim actually is pretty old. It came out in 04. Wow, really? Yeah, I, I guess that would make sense because there's like video rental stores and shit. <laughs> yeah, because the original, the first volume was 04, and the final was 2010. Mm-hmm. which actually makes a lot of sense because the film came out in 010 which it would have had to have been in production before uh the final volume came out that makes sense yeah um so <coughs> excuse me 
God, this cold is brutal. Um, yeah, tis the season. Yeah, it really is. Uh, <laughs> so going back to the movie now, I remember when it first was like it, it first came out. There was a lot of people who were very they questioned the casting choices quite a bit. I think the casting is amazing. I, I love the cast. In hindsight, it definitely is. I remember at the time, people were very. I think it just happened to be because of it was right around the time Superbad came out, and people were just tired of Michael Sarah. Really? Because he was just getting started at that point. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, people were tired of him by then. <laughs> like they pretty quick. Because he, he got typecast really bad because he was always playing like awkward like teenagers in like all the movies he was in. But um yeah. Yeah, I, I thought Michael Sarah did an amazing job. Uh Mary Elizabeth Winston was great. Like pretty much Chris Evans is in this fucking movie. Like I had a fucking Captain America. <laughs> was he was he Captain America by that point? I don't remember when the first one I don't came out. Think so. Uh, no. Uh-huh. I see I I'm I'm super behind on the Marvel movies and I did not watch them as they came out. So yeah, I, didn't I, I don't know when they, I don't know when, what order they came out in. I only know that Iron Man and Iron Man two was first. So, Oh, it was like a year before he was captain America. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And then isn't uh wasn't, is it Brie Larson? That's captain Marvel. Yeah. She's captain Marvel. She was, uh, uh, she was- Envy, an envy. Yeah. And then also, um, what was it? Uh, and then obviously Kieran Culkin as Wallace, which I actually just found out recently uh, that he was the bedwetting cousin in Home Alone. Yep. I didn't uh, even know that. I didn't even know that he was that. That was him. I, I I was watching Home Alone the other day with my family, and um, my wife just was like, "Oh yeah, that that kid's actually Macaulay Culkin's brother." I'm like, "Huh? I wonder if that's Wallace." And I looked it up. And then, like, when I actually looked at him, like, as a little kid, I'm like, holy shit, I do see him in there. <laughs> like, mm. uh, There's also uh, Brandon Routh was Todd Ingram. He was literally Superman. Was he Superman? Uh, the Superman Returns, the one movie uh, before Man of Steel. Oh, wow. I see. I, I I remember watching the old, old Superman movies, and that's about it. Those um, are the good ones. Returns wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, just, I, I, I but I, I know him as... um. Was it the Atom in the the Arrowverse? Yes, I I believe so. I think that was his superhero name. Mm. Uh, Also, Johnny Simmons was young Neil, and I I remember him specifically because he was in that fucking wonderful film, Jennifer's Body, as anyone who's seen it. Oh, yeah. That's that instant classic. (laughs) (laughs) It's great when you're drunk. Like That's like literally the only moment that's worth watching. I bet. no offense to people that like that movie. I know it's a cult hit, but um, yeah, I mean, so is Scott Pilgrim. So true, <laughs> very true. Yeah, there's um, a, a oh oh yeah, Anna Kendrick was in this film too as Stacy Pilgrim. Yeah, that was such a weird like when I realized because I don't know maybe I feel like she blew up after this movie is when she really started getting popular. Well, not, I remember I was watching the movie that made her popular, but like I didn't no. <laughs> notice her until afterwards. See, I remember watching this movie with Alex and she popped up on screen and Alex was like, hey, <laughs> like, wow, Anna Kendrick's in this. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, she's in everything now. <laughs> yeah. And then um, what was I, I don't remember her name, but the, the chick who plays Roxy. Oh, um, that's um, she's uh, she's a big in voice work. I, I was looking up a lot of these actors earlier. May, May uh, Whitman. 
Yeah, she played Katara in Avatar. Yep. She played Tinkerbell in a bunch of stuff. Uh, she played Yuffie, the FF7 character Yuffie, but in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, which is weird because in um in uh Advent Children, she was voiced by Kim Possible. I remember that. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um yeah, the casting was great though, and that's the other thing that's so, amazing. Yeah, the, 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 the casting choices for this movie was amazing. Well, actually, the, the, I wanted to bring up the Anna Kendrick thing again. One of the funniest uh coincidences there is the fact that um he plays Stacy Pilgrim, Scott's younger sister, despite the fact that Anna Kendrick was significantly older than Michael Sarah at the time. Yeah. Which is just kind of funny thing that you don't you notice later on. And I think in the movie she calls him little brother. Uh, she does that in the books too. But that's more of an insult because she's mentally more mature. That makes sense. Because I think I think she's like seventeen as well. She's. she's I like think she's. Teenager. I think she's supposed to be nineteen. Nineteen, eighteen, maybe. Something like that. She's drinking alcohol, but also Canada has different laws about that. So because the whole series takes place in Canada, so. Yeah, in in the in the mysterious land of Toronto, Canada. Yes. <laughs> I mean, for all we know, it is like that up there. Oh, uh, the the other uh, kind of like secret star that's in this movie. You know, Bill Hader was the little narrator voice. Yeah, I did know that. <laughs> I just found that out. I had no clue. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's just funny to me how like the, the to me the most like baffling thing is they got all of them back for the anime. Yeah, which couldn't have been cheap. <laughs> I can't say for real. Either that or they really liked the project. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, um, I apologize if if I keep talking over you or vice versa. We're getting a little bit of lag here. I just want to point that out. Yeah. It, just in case it shows in the episode. I'm kind of trying to pace myself out if it happens so it doesn't sound too awkward. But this one might be a little funky sounding. But that's that's par for the course for us. Yeah. So. <laughs> we haven't had our we haven't had a visit from our friend the uh, the roadster going by on the in the uh, cul-de-sac yet. So. Or not called the uh, roundabout. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm in, I'm in a different room today than I usually am, so I'm a little bit further away from the road, but not that much. <laughs> That's my favorite part about recording it, uh, some of the episodes is just the the uh, eventual like <laughs> you get that goes by. Yeah, people are fucking stupid on this road. It, it's I, I, um, there's this um I don't know. Well, no, you wouldn't see you don't live here anymore. But there's a um there's a house near the the mall. Um, yeah, and somebody had put like a cardboard cutout of a dog at the end of their road or at the end of their lawn, and it, it's like really realistic cutout. Yep. So like, th there's been a bunch of times where people like will be coming up super fast and they'll slow down, and I've been like super uh, tempted to do that, but with like a cutout of a kid and just stick it on the side of the road so people would stop speeding down this road. I know, <laughs> it, it's crazy. I actually um off topic but i uh, witnessed a fucking car accident today that was fucking bad no did you yeah it was right in front of me jeez a uh, guy merged merged over and didn't look and like went right into the guy in front of me and i like had to like slam the brake and get around as fast as possible Yeesh. it was like <laughs> it was one of those moments where i was like if i was a little bit farther ahead that would have been me people are nuts on the road this time of year well, I have to go directly through Springfield, like right by uh, the MGM, and like Oof. it is a fucking hellhole there, like every day. Like there is, I, I always joke about car crashes there, but there is legit a car crash 
in that area once a week, sometimes multiple times. It's, it's crazy. I, I believe it. I believe it. That was the closest I've ever been to one, though. I was like, holy shit. Oh, there was this one time where um, I think my, my wife's cousin and her husband were down for a visit at one point. We were going down to Savers because they, you know, they live in Maine, so they don't have Savers up there. And um, uh, we were like going to pull in, and I, I don't know what happened because I wasn't paying full attention until I actually saw it happen. But two trucks, like one of them was like turning, and the other one just either didn't notice or didn't care, and he went forward anyway. And they collided, and I shit you not. The entire front axle of this truck got launched across the road. Jesus. Like it was ridiculous. Nobody was hurt, luckily, but like I was like, damn, you must have hit it just right because it launched. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I can believe it. Uh, going back to uh, Scott Pilgrim, though, now, like I will say, like, one thing that this series is surprisingly good about. Uh, despite the fact that the fights are always kind of a joke, is like the fight choreography that happens both in like the comics, but even in the movie as well. Oh yeah, and I I have to wonder because um, I know they make the joke about the stunt doubles and stuff when he's when he's fighting Chris Evans there, but uh, like when when Michael Sarah is going through all these fight scenes, it it doesn't look like it's a it's a stunt double. It looks like he's doing it himself. Do, do you know if, if he did his own stunts for that movie or? I don't know personally. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did because I'm pretty sure they were all mostly practically done. Like there was nothing like super crazy, like out, out of the ordinary. I gotcha. Um, I do. I like the joke that Scott's like the best fighter in Toronto, though. Like the thing you bring it up. It's well, like, I love the whole like backstory with him and Kim about how he like fought off like this huge gang of people to for her and stuff. Like, and then you find out later on it was just one guy and Scott just kind of beat him up for his lunch money, basically. <laughs> Because Scott's a, another key to this thing is Scott's kind of like the Joker. He's a very unreliable narrator. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of the uh, things he says in like book one later get revealed in book six didn't actually happen. Mm -hmm. Like his whole like massive breakup with Envy apparently wasn't nearly as like dramatic as he makes it out to be. It was more just like he was annoying. Well, I mean, I, I won't go into too much detail, but that definitely reflects a lot in the, in the new show, the anime, mm -hmm. which is yeah. funny too. Cause I like, if it weren't for the opening theme song, I wouldn't have known it was an anime because it looks just like the comics. Yeah. It's got kind of like, um, uh, completely different show, but, um, art style wise, it's very, um, like panty and stocking kind of looking mm -hmm. like it's got that very American style, which I mean, bits because i mean it's based off of an american work i believe uh brian lee o'malley was is involved with the uh the writing of the episodes as well that would make sense in a lot of ways it is i was wondering about that too you you'll see when you watch it but like there's there's a lot of stuff that got thrown in that wasn't in the comics and i was yeah. wondering how much involvement he had with that stuff uh he's directly involved so oh, interesting He's probably just wants wanted it to be a new take because we've already seen the the books have been out forever. We've already seen one take on it with the game. We've seen the movie take. Might as well try some, something different. It's kind of like I don't know. Like I said, I'm not going to go into too much detail just for your sake, if nothing else. But um, it's kind of like a sequel, but also not to the movie. Mm. It's like kind of like an alternate telling but it's also a sequel yeah 
that that seems right on par for Scott Pilgrim, honestly. Yeah, it's it's really cool. But at the same time, like there's a lot of weird like some of the references don't make sense because they're still like doing things like they still have the video stores and they still have like VHS tapes and like flip phones and all this other stuff. But then at one point, Scott makes a Detective Pikachu reference. Yeah. They're like incorporating new stuff, but also trying to keep all the old jokes at the same time. Yeah. I will say the soundtrack for the, for, for both the movie and the show are on point. Yeah. They did a really good job fitting that like style that they were going for. Like one of my favorite scenes in the film, which is completely different than in the books, because the books, it's honestly not that interesting of a fight, uh, is the fight against the twins, where it's like this fucking like base battle or like rock battle. Yeah. And it's like they, they like, summon familiars that are fighting. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the movie does it so much better than in the books. Like the books is just kind of like, oh, uh, they're at a party. Scott wins. I, I don't <laughs> even remember the, the book version of it. Yeah, it's one of the more rushed. Volume five, honestly, is the most rushed out of all out of the six volumes. Like it just kind of like it happens and you're like, oh, cool. Mm. especially because four ended on such a good note. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I remember from the comics that I liked a lot was that um, throughout the course of the whole thing, it seemed like Scott kind of like found closure with a lot of his exes throughout like along the way. Like he and Kim had like that. Yeah, their whole thing, and then he worked everything out with knives, like later on, and um, kind of with envy, sort of. It's unclear. <laughs> yeah, I I don't remember how that went in the comics. I know the movie kind of like kind of gave him some closure on that whole thing. In the comics, they like they have a decent like send off after like Todd goes away and the uh robot drummer goes away after after they disappear um she kind of has some closure where she goes off on her own and it's like oh good she's gone she's doing her own thing but then she comes back at the end as like gideon's like new girlfriend kind of mm. sort of uh and, and she's didn't most... todd cheat on her yeah with the drummer and that's part of how they uh that's part of how that whole band falls apart yeah but todd, todd ingram was kind of a dick to begin with yeah, he's a he's a cocky cock. Well, I mean, it's like his whole thing was like how he uh, proclaimed his love for Ramona was he blew up into the the sky and blew a hole in the moon. Yeah, and he did the same exact thing for Envy and just did the hole right next to the other one, and she didn't question why is there a hole there already. Is that a Hancock reference? I don't know to be honest, because I'm not really familiar with Hancock. It was the one where Will Smith was like a superhero. I've never seen but, it, but so he I was know. all. It, it's worth a watch. I'll have to. I'll have to look into it. Um. But yeah, uh, and I, I will say one thing about the movie is uh, more so than the comics or the new show, the movies like comedic points are like they they hit every time for me. Like I, this is like one of the ultimate comedy movies for me personally. Like all the jokes hit for me. Even it's been ten years since the first time I watched it, and I watched it early. Uh, no, I watched it yesterday. And I was still like laughing to myself the whole time watching it. Yeah, it's got some good like writing like notes and stuff. Like that's the thing about Edgar Wright is he always does really good films. I think the problem is just no one ever goes to see them. Yeah. Well, it's just that that style of comedy is just right up my alley. Like I love that like 
that casual kind of comedy, you know? Yeah. Um, like in a uh, book six, there's like a great scene where uh, it's right after Scott dies uh, mm-hmm. for like five minutes. And um, the whole time it's like uh, you see like the shocked reaction from like all the, all the people at the, cause it gets stabbed through the heart at a nightclub that uh, Gideon's hosting and like everyone that he knows is there and they're all shocked. Um, and then of course he uses that extra life he had to come back. But like mm-hmm. one of my favorite background scenes is you see Stacy on the phone and her little thing is she's like, "Never mind, mom, he's alive." <laughs> it's like false alarm. <laughs> there's a there's a similar scene in the new show with uh, with Stacy. She she's pretty funny because she's just like stuff sarcastic in the background. She's like the the sensible child in that family. Yeah, every family's gonna have one. And then there's young Neil. He's just there because he looks like Scott. Yeah, I like Young Neil. He's funny in in the books. He's he's kind of an asshole, but it makes sense because like he's literally just no one knows who he is. Everyone just calls him Young Neil, and he gets kind of treated like crap uh, until like the final se- the final uh, the final book where he just gets he's he's just referred to as Neil, and it makes yeah. his day. It's the best yeah, day gra- of his life. He graduates to Neil. Yeah, I think it's literally like the capture is like the best day of his life, <laughs> which is funny. That that whole um, the, there's the like the subtle arcs all the characters get in. The one thing that the book does the best is like the arcs that every character gets, because mm-hmm. um, the movie unfortunately a lot of characters kind of got pushed to the back just out of um, necessity and filling like an entire uh, is trying to keep it in a film length because like the entire arc involving uh. Uh, Scott and uh, Kim's uh, childhood friend, um, Lisa, I think's her name, right? Uh, I think so. Um, she's only referenced once, I think, in the movie. Yeah, and she doesn't appear at all. Um, she was like the main center of a, excuse me, a book four. Um, I'm forgetting her name because I'm terrible at remembering names. Um, it's gonna bug me now if I can't figure it out um yeah her name is lisa that's what it was yeah i was gonna say because i know that at one point did, did scott date her too or have a thing with her no they so she had a thing for him but they never dated okay so because they they reference it in passing in the movie but they never show her yeah that entire arc was written out of the film um which kind of sucks because it's that her and most of her arc is in book four, and a lot of book four was just completely ignored for um for the movie, but it, it was mostly a timing thing. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely would like it if because I know like the creator of the the new series said that he doesn't have any intention of making any more, but I would love to have like an actual like one to one, um adaptation of the comics in like that exact style with the same cast and the same like style yeah it'd be nice just because like it the book the problem with the series to me is like that reading comics isn't for everybody Mm -hmm. and there really isn't a great way to if you don't like to read comics there's no real good way to like truly experience the series for what it is right in its um most 
original form. There's our friend, the car. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny, though, because, like, there's out of the four different mediums that the series has come through, all of them are good. Like, there isn't, like, a one that's bad by any means. No, not at all. Absolutely. Like, I, uh, like, just the past couple of days, like I said, I've, I've watched the new movie, or I've watched the movie, and then I watched the new show right after. And I have a playing the game throughout the whole week, and I've been immensely enjoying all of them. And I just watched the new show last week, and I've just rewatched it again, and I've just much just as much enjoyment out of it. Mm. Yeah, if I wasn't like marathoning, like my anime backlog wasn't so freaking full, I would watched it by now. But I'm like, Rony Kenshin's and currently on the slot, and then I have to watch Attack on Titan next because it's done. So, well, I mean, the dub for the final episode hasn't come out yet, so. Yeah, but by, that. by the time I get there, it'll be out. That's true, especially if you're also watching Kenjin and whatever else. At least Scott Pilgrim is only eight episodes, though. True. I also got to catch up on Spy Family and uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, I'm behind on both. Yeah, I just haven't. I haven't had time to do anything lately. I feel you. I've been trying to catch up on all these other shows that I like either started like when they first came out and then never caught up with or just stuff that I've missed along the way in general. Yeah, it's it's tough, too, because it's like right at the end of the year. So, like, we're trying to, like, catch up on everything right now. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that's going to be coming out like over the next couple months, like the uh, the live action Yuhaka show is going to be soon. And I think um, the Avatar comes out uh, in the next couple months. Yeah, I'm still not sure how I feel about that one, to be honest. Well, the fact that the original creators left the project is definitely uh, concerning. Yeah, they left the project, and they apparently didn't have a lot of influence on the movie either, so... Yeah, well, (laughs) the movie was a flop. The movie was... The last Airbender movie is is, um, its own special, like kind of bad <laughs> and it's a Shyamalan movie too like well I mean he had was in the middle of like probably one of the lowest streaks of his entire careers at the time true I mean even there's the fact that he picked up a live action adaptation of like a, a, a cartoon that alone kind of tells you where he was at the time yeah you know the one scene from that movie that I'll never forget just for how bad it was compared to the original was, was it the, the earth bending uh, scene well, not just the earthbending itself, but the entire concept of what was happening there, where like mm. they were that that was an adaption of like the prison ship episode. Yeah. And the whole point of the prison ship was they were on a metal ship that no one could bend mm-hmm. uh, because at the time metal bending wasn't a thing yet. And they uh, were trapped on the ship and basically isolated. And then the movie is like they're in a fucking open field surrounded by earth. It's like. This doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the the them doing that earth bending scene where they're all—I don't know—it must have Ugh. been like twenty seconds, thirty seconds of them all doing all these complicated like motions and movements and stuff like that. And then one rock, tiny little comes pebble up. goes. There's by. like there's like twelve earthbenders all doing it at once, to this one pebble that goes. <laughs> there's it, there's twelve so earth earthbending <laughs> sucks in this movie. There's twelve earthbenders doing an interpretive dance and then a tiny rock flies by it's great 
Yeah, but we should save this conversation for when we eventually get to that movie because I'm sure it'll come eventually. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> I just always remember that scene. I'm like, what the fuck is that's this? The, that's the one that stands out in my mind, man, and I'll never get it out no matter how hard I try. <laughs> well, I think of that and then I think of the screaming man at the during in the uh, the, the Southern Water Tribe. Uh, or is it the North? No, the Northern Water Tribe. The, the guy when the, they, the war starts and he just starts screaming up on the thing and it's like, yep. Yeah, I checked out long before that part. I don't remember that part. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but back to Scott Pilgrim. Jeez, uh, I'm trying to think what else is there to say because it, surprisingly, it's not a huge series in itself. No, there's really not like a, a super lot to it. I mean, obviously, like I said before, like they they do pack a lot into those six volumes and the movie does a really good job of adapting a lot of it in, in the runtime it has. But I mean, it's pretty straightforward for the most part. Yeah. The basic plot is very simple. It's mostly like the, the background gags and like the scenery stuff that actually makes, uh, that makes it like what it is. Cause like if you took away all the humor and the gags, the plot itself is incredibly basic. Oh, it's super simple. It's just, it's basically like you're, um, it's like your old school, like uh, Kung Fu Tower kind of situation. Basically, well, it's basically like an old beat 'em up, like Double Dragon or River City Ransom from back in the day. Yeah. Um, I will say though, like going back from when I first watched the movie up until now, I get a lot more of the jokes and references that I did the first time I watched it. Like when I was watching the movie yesterday, um, and they did that whole scene where Scott's just like. Oh, check it out. I, I learned how to do the baseline for Final Fantasy 2. I'm like, hey, I'm playing that game right now. <laughs> I understand this one now. Yeah, which is, as as a bass player myself, that is like such an easy line to figure out because it's literally just like, like it's like the easiest thing ever. Which that's another great joke too, is like during the, um when like Sex Bob-Omb is going through their weird like recording an album phase. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, an entire joke on like how bands fall apart. Basically, yeah. uh, they're they're recording the, uh, they're legit recording the album. The entire it's mostly during Volume Five, and there's like a scene where like Scott does his bass parts, and the producer uh, Joseph, who later becomes uh, Stephen Still's boyfriend, uh, he's literally like, mm-hmm. "All right, those sucked. I'll just redub them later <laughs> <laughs> in the studio on my own." That's awesome. Yeah. The, the um, whole running joke. And there was uh, there was this one uh, joke that I wanted to point out from the new show is that um, there was a scene, yeah, the scene where Scott approaches Ramona at the party, like you know how in the movie he's trying to do like the whole Pac Man fun fact thing with her. In the new show, he's talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. He's like, hey, you know, uh, back in the nineties, uh, there was two Sonic cartoons going on at the same time. One was like dark and edgy, and the other one was like a comedy about chili dogs. And um, he's like, and the funny thing is, is the same guy was playing Sonic in both shows. And he's like, isn't that wild? Two, uh, same actor playing two versions of the same character. And that was just like a very meta joke because Michael Sarah is playing Scott Pilgrim in this new thing. And yeah. they are wildly different between the movie and the new show. So it's just one of those funny little things that I was laughing to myself about. Yeah, that, that is a pretty good meta joke, honestly. Um, another one that I really like too is uh, in the game. Uh, there's a lot of like other references they throw in that aren't like in the the books or the movie. 
Uh, one of my favorites is in the first level of the game, you can find like a, a secret item shop that Wallace runs. It's like Wallace's mystery shop or whatever. Oh, yeah. And the items he sells there are my favorite because they are like all video game references. Like uh, uh, so one of it, one of the items is called Speedy the Porcupine. Yeah, that's yeah, I remember that one. Uh, bionic Arm, which I think is Bionic Commando. Mm-hmm. And then the the best one is the, the never ending fantasy. What, what is that supposed to be a never ending story? No, no, Final Fantasy, but get it, never ending. Oh, all right, I get it. That that's good. That one just like got me the best because that is true. It's like Final Final Fantasy, and there's 16 of them. Yeah, no shit. And oh, that's mate. just the main series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just I I I saw that one and I went, that's good. Like I get that joke. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff with like it is literally a series meant for nerds, basically. Oh yeah, big time. I think that's part of the reason why the comedy hits so well for me. And like like I said before, like that kind of casual dry humor is just right up my alley. It's also I think part of the reason like, why I, that's why I like I lo- Okay. I was just gonna say it's 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 partially I think part of the reason too why I don't think anyone went to see it because it was just such a bizarre concept. Oh yeah, like the whole thing is bizarre, and it's just it's such a hard movie to follow the first time if you don't know what you're getting into. Like, yeah, I mean, even like I've tried to show it to people a bunch of times throughout the years. Yeah, because yeah. like even the books are hard to follow. Like, mm. and that's not a dig. I mean, the whole point is that they're hard to follow because the whole the reveal at the end, like when everything gets explained, it makes so much more sense, but. Oh yeah. Um, remind me because I forget. Uh, was there like a weird like, like cosmic? Because I know like they played a lot more with the subspace highways and stuff like that in the comics. What was there some sort of like alternate like dimension plane or something at the end of the comics? I feel like I remember something like that or something with well, the bag. The, the handbag had something to do with it. Well, because Ramona had a subspace handbag, which was literally just an. It was essentially like a an 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 infinite an infinite storage like container essentially that like well basically the bag the, of holding the bag was a portal to subspace and Ramona could just control like Ramona has like some like minor control over subspace because uh, she's <laughs> a Amazon delivery girl it makes sense in context um and actually going back it's one of my favorite like jokes because it's super relatable is a. Uh, Scott's trying to meet Ramona again after after the party, and he knows she's mm-hmm. an Amazon delivery girl. So he buys some stupid shit on Amazon that he doesn't even want, and he then just like sits at the door like waiting every day. And it's like that's relatable. Yeah, like whenever you buy something, you just sit there waiting for it to show up. You know what I liked as a stupid little reference is instead of being an Amazon delivery girl in the new show, she delivers Netflix DVDs. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's just like that's one of those stupid, like, hey, guess who made this show? You remember, remember we used to do DVDs? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but going back to subspace, so it's like it, the, the, the comic ends very ambiguously where basically Scott and Ramona decide to give it another shot and then they it basically ends with them going into subspace and it kind of just leaves it on like a maybe <laughs> kind of we don't know what's happening. Hmm. Yeah, they kind of play with that a little bit more in the new show. Yeah, because the, the way subspace works is never really explained. Because like 
the subspace highway that Ramona uses to get like from place to place it literally goes through Scott's head. Yeah, which is so which is why he was dreaming about her, right? Yeah. Cuz he cuz he he's having that infamous dream where he's like I'm so alone and she's just like shut the hell up as she drives by. Yeah. Right. Um, and I remember cuz then he's got another weird one where he's like in like Zelda world and uh she's like what the hell are you doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> like uh and that's one of my favorite jokes uh oh sorry go no go on oh, i was gonna say one of my favorite jokes in the movie is like when um when knives first shows up to watch the band practice and she like looks at young neil she's like well, what do you play he goes oof zelda tetris <laughs> it's kind of a loaded question <laughs> like, yeah yeah that, that, that's good humor like that just like it really appeals to like one specific like subset of people. Yeah, but it's it's I don't know. It's such a good movie. It's one of those ones that like I, I can watch that movie over and over. I gotta sit down and watch it again at some point. I gotta re honestly, I gotta reread the comics again too because it's been it's been a couple of years since I last like sat down and read them like you're gonna fully. Go, you gonna go on a pilgrim a pilgrim binge and do the comics movie and, and the new show all at once? Maybe after I finished my Rurouni Kenshin binge. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, once you finish the Kyoto arc, you really don't have... To. I mean, you can't keep watching if you want to, but that's the point where all the canon stuff stops is after that, so... Yeah, I mean, I watched all... I watched all of Shippuden's, I might as well. I, I've been through worse. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> and I have the full manga now, so I should probably read that at some point, too. Yeah. Because apparently that's the best version of everything, but... Yeah, I actually I got um the next couple of visits, so I have like up to four. I was trying to find my cop my my first volume of it. I can't fucking find it anywhere. I have no idea where it went. So now I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like I just ordered the next couple and I can't even start it. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, because I, I just happened to get a, a really good deal on those those couples. So I was like, oh fuck. I can't pass it up for ten dollars each. Yeah, I didn't go for the Viz Bigs. I went for the uh about three in ones, which aren't as nice, but they do the job. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I have the option for the Viz Bigs or like the, the leather bounds or something like that, I always go for those because it's just I don't know. I I know I don't have really have much for shelving at the moment, but once I once I have my my personal library, it's gonna look real nice on the shelf. Yeah. Now the only Viz Bigs I have in full are of the full Inuyasha set. I have the Dragon Ball ones. I have the first volume of Dragon Ball and the first volume of Dragon Ball Z just because they were on sale. You know what really bugs me about the Dragon Ball ones is... What? Oh, yeah. Um, but what really bugs me about my Dragon Ball ones is... See, so, obviously, in America, they separated Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z in the manga, even though in Japan, there it's is been, no separation. Yeah, the same the thing. So in the Viz Bigs, they, they have the separation... And the very last Dragon Ball, um, this big is a four in one instead of a three in one. Because yeah, that, that's the amount. But uh, because the total volumes of the Dragon Ball manga in Japan is forty two, the last Dragon Ball Z is a two in one. Okay, <laughs> so it's like if you hadn't split it up, it would have just been straight three in ones the whole way. Yep. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Because the uh, the last uh, two Inuyashas are four in ones. Oh, are they? 
Yeah, because I guess they would rather do two four and ones than one two and one at the end. Yeah, it'd be cheaper to print it that way. Yeah, and I think uh, the Roroni Kenshins, the, uh, the the three and ones I have, I think the last one is a four and one as well. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get the rest of those soon well as soon as i can you know kids come first this time of year yeah no, that's for sure Fam family is the big one yep yeah other than that though i think we've pretty much covered all of scott pilgrim i'm looking forward to checking out the anime yeah we'll soon. have to do a, we'll have to do a follow-up episode I, I thought we would be i i assumed you had already watched it so i, I was all prepared to go into the new show and yeah uh, for, unfortunately scheduling just I didn't even think about it at the time. I figured we would cover the, I honestly thought we'd have more to say about the books, but then I realized getting through this, it's like, there's not a whole lot to say because it's very, it's pretty simple in all honesty. Yeah. Well, if I, if I had the books, I would have reread them in preparation. I probably would have had more to say about them, but like I said, it's only been, it's been two years since I read them mm. and yeah, it's, there's so much going on. And then you get the facts from the books and the facts from the movies muddled up and, you know, you tend to forget things. Yeah, that's true. And, <coughs> excuse me. And especially when it's a series that's mostly based around it's like jokes. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Oh, we didn't even. That's why, up, like, a uh, lot of. Hmm? I was gonna say we didn't even bring up how like one of Ramona's evil exes is a girl. Oh yeah, that whole bit. Well, I mean, I I mentioned her at one point. Just that's like one of actor. my. <laughs> one of my favorite like meta jokes is like uh in the comics is like when scott finds out he like immediately gets all happy and he's like you had a sexy phase <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's a joke that like only some people are gonna get for real and then um was uh the whole part where where he's having that talk with wallace he's just like you're gonna have to say the word and he's just i've been lesbians with you <laughs> Yeah, the L word, lesbian. Yeah, the L word, lesbians. It's, it's like because you're like questions. Yeah, because Scott literally has the mentality of a child. Sometimes it's great. Yeah, it's it's part of what I love about the series. Is it's just the stupid jokes like that. Like, like shows like like um or a series rather like like Scott Pilgrim and then um like Arrested Development, Red versus Blue, like that kind of very casual comedy like banter stuff and yeah I don't know, that stuff just tickles me in a way that nothing else does yeah <laughs> excuse me like i always remember like the scene where roxy first appears and scott like uh doesn't know who she is yet he immediately like uh she tries to ninja attack him and he uh he uh he basically punches her like mid like attack and then like he doesn't realize it's a girl at first but like it cuts to her like on the ground in pain and she's like you dick you punched me in the boob yeah <laughs> and then like the and then her uh her cutout line just like next time i'll be deadly serious next time like like that sort of stupid like i didn't think this line through kind of jokes like i i just love that shit it's super funny to me there's another good one at the end too where like so at one point scott scott goes through a lot of jobs in this series uh one of them is he's like a a, a bus boy at like this like vegetarian restaurant and uh, throughout the series, I think he gets fired twice, but they let him back because they like him or whatever. Um, 
Because <laughs> one of the times he gets fired is because he gets into a fight. Well, he doesn't get into a fight with Roxy. Ramona gets into a fight with Roxy, and, and Scott literally gets inside the subspace bag. Oh, yeah. Which is super goofy. Um, and then uh, it after that, like, my favorite joke is right at the end where, like, so the only reason he has the job is because Steven Stills also works there. Um, at the end, he gets promoted to prep prep chef or prep cook. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, like, doing some elaborate cooking thing. And he, like, tries to, like, flip the food in the pan and it just lands on the floor. And they both just stare at it for, like, a few minutes. And then Steven still goes, all right, they're getting a salad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's just, like, dumb humor like that that's, like... You wouldn't think it's funny, but just like the way it's presented, you're like, "This is great." Oh, you know, my favorite joke in the whole movie is the um the scene where Knives is like knocking at the door, Wallace answers it, and she's like, "Oh, is Scott here?" And then you just see him in the background jump out the window. He's <laughs> like, "You know what? Crash! He just left." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's so like, many. Cr- like, oh my god, the what? Because it had been a few years until um. I think it was a couple years ago was the first time I had watched it in like five or six years. And I had totally forgotten about a lot of that movie. And when I saw that one, that one scene, I'd lost my shit. I was dying laughing. Yeah. It, it's, it's such a smartly written like series. Yeah. Whoever, whoever wrote the script for that movie had to have been doing drugs to fucking put that together. <laughs> I'm sure it was a combination of, uh, uh, Brian Lee O'Malley and uh, Edgar Wright, I believe. I want to say. I'm not sure. Uh, screenplay by Edgar Wright and some other guy. So Edgar Wright wrote, definitely was partially writing it. Well, I'm going to have to look into into both of those guys and, and see what other kind of stuff they've made individually or together or whatever. Because you'll look through whoever, whoever was writing the jokes definitely had me as a target audience. Yeah. I guarantee you'll look through Edgar Wright's uh, directing like history and you've probably at least seen like some of his uh, work at one point or another. Hmm. I know he did a Shaun of the dead. That was like one of his big ones. Oh, okay. That That's a big one in our family. Yeah. We actually watched that with Xander for the first time this Halloween season. Oh yeah. Nice. Mm, he loved it. He also wrote the screenplay for Ant-Man before, like, he ended up leaving the project because it was stuck in, like, limbo for years, but... It, did they end up using what he wrote for that? Ah, uh, part of it, anyways. I know okay. I know, Peyton Reed finished the film, but... That's one of the few MCU movies I did see, and I enjoyed it a lot, so... That makes oh, sense. I love, I, Ant-Man's one of my favorites, although I heard the third one kind of sucks, but... I haven't given a shit about a Marvel movie since Endgame, so... I mean, to be honest... I never really gave a shit about Marvel. I, yeah, I went through that phase where I watched all of them because they were big, and then like Endgame was so hyped up, and I because I remember like you couldn't go on the internet for like a month because there were spoilers everywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, I I was gonna, I, it was part of my plan after I got Disney Plus that I was gonna go through all the Marvel movies in order and try to catch up. I think it was mostly because I wanted to watch the new Spider Man movie, but oh, uh, uh, the one with the the. Uh, Toby McGuire and yeah, they brought back the old guys. That was the last Marvel movie I've seen. Um, but I, but like even going to the first of the new Spider-Man movies, even that, like you start that up, and it's like, 
oh, we're cleaning up the mess from the last movie. And it's like, well, shit, like, I have no idea what happened there. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so the I, problem with these connected universe films. So I, I watched phase one and then I lost Wi-Fi. That was during that period where we did that podcast where I didn't have Wi-Fi and I just never went back to it. That's uh, yeah, that's fair. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Other than that, though, like, I guess uh, closing thoughts on Scott Pilgrim. Um, it's definitely made for people like me. Yeah. I, I, uh, I give the movie 10 out of 10. I'd give the series as a whole a strong, like, 9 out of 10. Um, some things are better than others. Like, I'd say, if you've never never seen anything Scott Pilgrim related, I'd probably say read the book, the comics first, mm-hmm. uh, then watch the film. Uh, and if you like those, definitely then watch the anime. Because I feel like going into the film and then trying to read the books isn't always like the most count ca- is kind of counterintuitive at times just because they're so differently toned. Yeah. And I can honestly say if you're, if you're not into reading comics, if you just want to do the movie and then the show, that's perfectly acceptable too. Mm. Cause honestly, I, even though like the style and everything feels a lot like the comics, the new show definitely, I feel like it was written as a sequel to the movie rather than the comics. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell that, especially with all the actors and stuff. Yeah. And even like the way that the actors do their characters is even, it's even different from the way they did it in the movie. Like obviously Michael Sarah's portrayal of Scott is very different. Um, and I think one of the only ones that's like actually almost exactly the same is uh, Chris Evans. Cause he's doing the cool guy voice the whole time. Chris Evans is also just Chris Evans. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is, you got to think though, like that movie came out in 2010. It's been over 10 years. So yeah, which actually works. Well, I won't say it, but that, that kind of works with the show, the amount of time that it's Mm. been. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, definitely a heavily recommended series. One that, um, I still think holds up to this day. For sure. Um, if you're not into super nerdy culture, though, it's probably not going to be for you. I will say, if you don't like, like, if you don't like watching movies or shows that have a lot of references to other shit, other stuff, then it's yeah. probably not for you. If you <laughs> don't like, there's a lot of reference reference humor. If you don't like dumb humor, you're probably not going to like this this series. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyways, um I I definitely recommend it. Yeah, not for sure. It's there's a reason why it's still around to this day. Like it is stuck or it is there's a reason why there was a devout following of people who wanted the video game to come back. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um other than that though, pretty much wraps this one up. Um I think next week we were gonna try and do another movie review, so uh to, Tune in for that one, and until next time, guys, uh, this has been Geek Addicts. Uh, you can find Geek Addicts on all the podcasting platforms. Um, uh, you can find all of our links at the link tree slash the Barber Games, and if you'd like to join our Discord server, it is the GNC Podcast Network. It's a pretty fun place. You can find all the info on GNC, Geek Addicts, 3DO Experience, 
want to talk gaming, anime, or just anything, really. Um, and other than that, guys, we will see you all next time. Have a good one. Thank you.